He pioneered Jets blogging and podcasting. He brought smiles to the faces of Jets fans all over the world. He was there through the good and bad. And then, one day... He vanished. People far and wide wondered, where has he gone? When will he return? Thankfully, the answer is... Now! The OG of Jets podcasting and vlogging is back. Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. This is There's Always Next Year with Brian Bassett. I'm back. The real me. Let's not, not make a whole thing of it. And his co-hosts, Chef Travis Milton. Today we're going to be making the students my tasty baked ziti with basil and fresh mozzarella. And Josh Conrad. Oh, my brother, testify. On Turn on the Jets Digital. Welcome back to There's Always Next Year. I'm your host, Brian Bassett. You can follow me on Twitter at Brian underscore Bassett. And with me, as always, are Travis Milton, who you can find on Twitter at Dash 37 Board 27, and Josh Conrad, who's on Twitter at Josh underscore Conrad. Fellas, uh, quite a game against the Colts yesterday. Uh, this will be dropping Tuesday, so we're taping this Monday. Um, but we have important things that we need to get to first. Travis was not here last week. I, I, Travis, where were you last week when we were taping our podcast? I can't remember. Do you? Hey, do you know where I, you uh, well, first off, I woke up late, and uh, as I was joining the Zoom call or getting ready to, I walked downstairs to find half of my water heater had exploded through my floor. Mm. <laughs> That's all. Yeah. Uh, now, like, are you rent? Do you rad. rent or do you own, Travis? I, I rent, so it was. It oh, was much, that's so good. You know, it, it was all right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it wasn't great that you had to deal with it, but yeah, oh, at no. least you didn't have to, you know, <laughs> pay for all that. Uh, yeah. That's that's quite a morning. That's quite. But it a was morning. definitely a holy shit moment. <laughs> were were the Jordans? The Jordans weren't injured, were they? The Jordans oh, were on the shelves. No, they are. They are lining the 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 bedroom. They they are nowhere near the water heater. There we yeah, go. Yeah, I mean. I was I was worried about the Jordans and then the uh, the Pro Set Superstars music cards. Were those okay too? They actually, oddly enough, um, they're all at the restaurant right now because I uh, I started doing this uh, monthly decades menu, and this uh, September we did nineties. Uh, um, ni- a 90s themed menu and uh, with every we, we did a school lunch style pizza and with every one of those you get a either a pro set music card or a yo mtv raps card or a mm. or a 1990s uh mike lavallieri pittsburgh pirates card that i have like <laughs> ninety thousand doubles of he's he's the epitome of 90s athleticism by the way oh yeah mike lavallieri and uh oh, i think yeah. i've got i think i've still got like uh a crap ton of goose gossage cards yes. wow no greg jeffries cards uh, I've probably got a couple in there, but I, I think any, those were like the Matt, most common doubles. No Matt Noakes. Oh uh, my yeah, god! I do have Matt some Matt Noakes and uh, and some Alan Trammels and some uh, Kevin Mass, Kevin Moss, Kevin Kevin. I, oh god! I have yeah. so many Kevin oh. Moss cards. I thought he was going to be like the next Mickey Mantle. Yes, mm-hmm. Shane Spencer, yeah. late nineties Yankees. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So if you so if you ever come to the restaurant and get a school lunch pizza, you uh, uh, you can get you can get your very own Kevin Moss upper deck card. I'm not you coming have no, and you getting. Have, go ahead. 
You have no idea how good a French bread pizza and some tater tots with a chocolate milk sounds right now. <laughs> that sound amazing. I'm I'm not showing up unless you have an Oscar Azokar card for me. So that's. Uh, I'm pretty sure he's in there too. Okay. Mm. Or maybe Al- Alvaro Espinoza. That was the I best. I definitely thing. have him. Oh, that was the best thing about going to Yankee Stadium as a kid and listening to the the announcer. I I cannot remember his name for the life of me right now. Bob Shepard. Thank you, Bob Shepard. And he would say, now batting, Alvaro Espinosa. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that dude is the best name ever. So good. So, all right. There there was – let's do a little Bob Shepard talk. I went to a Yankee Oriole game. Um, big, I obviously living up here, I grew up as a Yankee fan, but, um, er, early mid, not like mid late two thousands, um, we'd go and it would be against the Orioles and it would be now batting number 32, Nick Markakis. (laughs) He refused to change it for years. Nick Markakis had his name sullied by the great Bob (laughs) Shepard. And then he would always add the like number 32. He would right? say it the, again. Oh, yeah, yeah. I loved it. Oh, Bob Shepard was the best. Oh, those were good times. Good times. Well, uh, let's talk about some more good times before we talk about the terrible times and maybe the good mm. times. Um, all right. So, because Travis was gone last week, uh, Josh and I realized, Travis, that we have not really been, you know, caring for you and kind of like talking about <laughs> the things that really matter to you. And so, we need to start this week with a golden girls cameo mock draft so so we're we're here for this i'm gonna ask you because you are you are the resident expert i'm gonna ask you to go third so the order will be josh myself then you and we'll do two rounds so um so josh are you are you equipped to start us off with so, the so what so who are we who are we drafting uh our favorite guest stars your favorite guest stars yes cameo appearances whatever you want to call it yeah guest okay. stars slash cameo um but not featured players not anybody obviously who's on the cast consistently but like was on for an episode that kind yeah. of yeah mm. all right all right all josh, right you ready? I, I am and i'm i'm going i'm going sleeper right off the bat uh Ooh. may 3rd 1986, an episode called Big Daddy Hollingsworth, the one, the only mayor of Amity Island from Jaws, Murray Hamilton, came in as Blanche's, she, her dad was referred to often throughout the series, his only appearance was on May 3rd, 1986, so the man in his anchor, his, his, uh, his navy blue uh, suit coat from Amity Island in Jaws, uh, the mayor who was adamant about keeping the yes. the, the beaches open, despite mm. you know a large uh, gr- it, it, it's a, it's a great white um, yes. as, as Richard Dreyfus would say. Um, Murray Hamilton coming in hot um, and and being there for one. just one episode um, as Blanche's dad. That's amazing. That's amazing. And and I think if you go watch Jaws now and you kind of consider all the things that are happening in our society in 2020 it's there's actually so many parallels like in terms of oh, yeah. like the yeah. town and the business and keeping businesses open oh that's very interesting all very i remember interesting all <laughs> i remember about murray hamilton on the episode and i did go back and watch it um this was not long ago i know today or yesterday as we were talking about prepping for this mm. but i saw the episode i within the last probably six months he had just like that colonel sanders suit and, and like <laughs> very loose silky looking bow tie on 
Um, oh, this and is I the just worst. thought it, it was like 1986. How do we make a genteel man show up on a on a popular sitcom? Oh, let's put him in a in a Colonel Sanders uh, <laughs> suit and and make him walk around with his Charleston Savannah accent the whole time. Oh, that's good. That's good. All right, I like it. With the second pick, pure you'll understand in a second. But I'm going Jerry Orbach uh, of, of, yes. kind of classic nice. Law and Order fame. He was I think he was only in one episode um, titled Cheaters in 1990, where he um, has I guess an affair with Dorothy, and so he's kind of like romancing her, and they're trying to rekindle the flame, and like the thought of Dorothy. And Jerry Orbach, like, who has the deeper voice, like, romancing each other is, like, amazing to me. I love that idea. And just the two of them, and it's like, who's got a deeper voice? Oh, well, I don't know. So it's like, I, I, I think that was, uh, that one holds a special place in my heart. Travis, what are you taking with? Who, what value have we left on the table? Um, I'm going, uh, let's see. I mean, there's, there's some heavy hitters, but I'm going to leave. I'm going to leave some of those to, to you guys. I'm going to go with uh, totally surprised sleeper pick, Miss um, Jenny Lewis mm-hmm. um, of uh, the band Rilo Kylie. She was in uh, the episode. Have we done this before? I feel like, I feel have like we, we done have. this. Okay. This <laughs> yeah, I'm like, yes. Yeah, I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, back to the future again. It doesn't matter. There's so many. It, we're, yeah, we're doing it all over again. This is okay. Yeah, well, then, fine. you know what? If I've already said her, then I'm not going her. I'm going to yes, go. You've with, said uh, Rilo. Yes. Because I'm like, Jenny Lewis. Oh, no. Rilo Kylie. Yes. Yep. So sorry. Yeah, uh, I'm pretty sure I said her and probably Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, she was the bad, like the little girl, Girl Scout or something. Right? Yep. 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 Um, then I'm going to go with, uh, Mr. George Clooney from the episode Ooh, there you go. It's called to catch a neighbor. It's a good um, one. Yeah. It's a, it's a real good one. Um, he, uh, uh, I actually don't remember that much about his cameo. I just remember, uh, I just remember look, when I started watching the show again, I was like, holy shit, that's freaking George Clooney. Um, yeah. it's, it's a pretty funny episode where He's they, cop, they, uh, right. He's a cop. Yeah, he's a cop, and they uh, he's trying to catch a jewel thief robber. Um, it was pretty. Oh, it's good like episode. a stakeout. It's like a stakeout. Situation. Yeah, they stake yes. out like uh, they stake out the jewel robber in their in their house. Um, yeah, it's 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 a good one. You could just like picture George Clooney in the mid to late eighties, just bouncing between the Facts of Life set yes. and the and the Golden Girls set. It's just doing guest <laughs> cameos as a neighbor. I mean, I think they like maybe it's the same universe, guys. Maybe he's the link. It could be, yeah. He's he's the Tesseract or what is it, the Infinity Cube or whatever you people <laughs> talk about. I don't know. We're going to get angry know. tweets. The Marvel Golden Marvel Girls fans. Universe. <laughs> <laughs> now that is something we definitely need to explore. We definitely need to explore that. What what links the, uni- yeah, the, you know, Thanos to to um, Gloria? I, we, I need that. I need that link. Um, all right, Josh, you, you're you're up. Go ahead. No, I think it's you, buddy. I think. Oh, is it me? Oh, we're going back. Trend. We're oh, for yeah. snake drafting, snake. and Travis gets to go twice. No, so, I can snake. go twice. Okay. All right, snake drafting. I am picking the one and only Mr. Burt Reynolds from the mm. episode "Ladies of the Evening," one of my favorite <laughs> ones ever. The girls are trying to win tickets to go to a premiere and meet uh, Burt Reynolds, and you don't think he's ever going to show up, and then all of a sudden he does there at the very end. Uh, they end up in jail. It's it's freaking hilarious. It's it's re- it's a really good episode, and, and of course, it's Burt Reynolds, so he's freaking awesome. Yeah. I'm going to let you use that one because I'm 
redoing the same tired uh, idea. So you can, you can reuse that one for that one. That's fair. Um, you, ha- you did do that one before, but it's Burt Reynolds. I thought so I like, did Quentin Tarantino before. I don't know if you did Quentin. I feel like I... you've done Burt Reynolds, but it's yeah. okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's all right. That's, that's still right, value. Right. There's still lots of value there. I mean, it's Burt Reynolds. I'm going um, Mario Lopez, a very young, very dimpled, very what? much dimpled Mario Lopez was apparently in an episode. Yes, because I've only watched a couple seasons, but I think he was in one of the earlier seasons where he – Season uh, two. Yeah, he was um, like tutored. He was tutored by Dorothy. Um, uh, so, yes, this is pre – Bayside High, probably by, uh, I don't know, five years or something. Okay, it gets a little weird because um, I think he faces deportation. Oh, yeah, um, he gets Because he, he wrote some story about – so he was like he was like the original dreamer on TV, if you think about it. Holy moly. So, wow. so yeah, he, he, he kind of wrote an essay where he kind of said he wasn't a citizen and he's, yeah, facing deportation and Dorothy's helping him with his schoolwork and uh, – and then he went on to become uh, AC Slater and many mm. other amazing characters over his uh, vast and uh, and uh, wide career panoply of uh, of of screen acting. And he looks exactly <laughs> the same. That's the thing that that is, just blows your mind. You can go Google that. Like he looks exactly the same, just a smaller version of exactly the same. That's crazy. I mean, one of one of our tried and true tropes on our on our little show here, boys, is is the is the the uh, true detective time is a flat circle no normally it's around the jets <laughs> but like go back and look like some of the you know on a very special golden girls and they attack uh topics that are hot in culture in the late 80s and 90s like there's still topics today whether it's the confederate mm. flag and blanche or whether it's oh, now yeah. realizing mario lopez as a dreamer and immigration like man was this show just 40 years ahead of its time in every mm. way it's kind of crazy it's amazing. That's why I love right, it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to round out this draft. I'm going Deep Sleeper again. And so you may remember an episode, boys, I, I'm sure that Travis does, um, where Blanche's sister needs a kidney. And she shows up um, needing, needing to get a, a kidney. Um, and Blanche is her only hope. Um, she does wind up living. And then in that same season, she's in another episode where, as the aforementioned uh, uh Big Big Daddy Allingsworth passes away, um, but that actress is no other than Sherry North. And if you're like, how and why would Ooh. I ever know that name? <laughs> she's she's Babs Kramer from 100%. Seinfeld. Yep. No. So you've got you've got Newman's flirtatious women's room attendant Babs on an episode of Golden Girls as Blanche's sister. Like I yep. saw that and went, man, where do I know her from? Went and Googled it. It's Babs Kramer showing up in this episode. And then a later episode as uh, as Blanche's kidney needing sister. That's amazing. Hell yeah. That's amazing. You know, I just, I didn't even know who this person was. I'm Googling it. You know what her true name is? Dawn Shirley Krang. Her last name is Krang. Krang, like, like, like the, the, brain. The, the villain from Teenage yeah. Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yes, wow. yes, the brain inside the the robot guy, Krang. This is awesome. It's awesome. Amazing. Uh, well, well done, well done there. And um, and the reason that I thought of this, and I I, I was so proud of myself thinking of this. this is so sad. Uh, I was so proud th- uh, thinking of this because I was watching an episode of Thirty Rock in the last week and. 
it's an episode where Kenneth invites Tracy Morgan and over to his apartment with his girlfriend. I can't remember her name. Hazel was her name. Kristen Shaw. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Kristen yeah. Shaw. Thank you. And, um, and they're sitting there at the table and they have like eighties McDonald's style drinking glasses that are, um, uh, that are golden girls drinking glasses. And I, they were clearly art that was made for the show, but I saw that and I was like, Oh my gosh, that's amazing. And I went to Google them and I couldn't find them, but I was led to a product that uh, Travis, I, I need to know if you know that these exist, which is there are votive style, like prayer candles of the Golden Girls. Did you know that these I, 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 I own all of them. They are at the <laughs> restaurant right now. Oh my gosh. Here, here's the thing. Like, I, I don't even like buy all of these. People like send them to me. Um, this past this week, I have, I have no idea where this came from, but this past week I had an Amazon package at my door and it was a coffee mug that had my my favorite motto, like the the Dorothy in the the streets, Blanche in the sheets, written on it. <laughs> and like, I have no idea where it came from. I don't know who sent it to me or anything. Like, I'm 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 stoked about it. But yeah, like I don't even buy all this stuff. It's, some of this stuff just gets just shows up. Shows up. Must be nice. I need, maybe I it was know. Darren. Maybe it was Darren Lee. Maybe he's sending you gifts. Could have been. It could have been Darren Lee. You know, and it probably is Darren Lee because I might have he's... to break out the jersey for that. <laughs> Go for it. Well, you, you definitely don't want to break out a Kalen Balaj jersey because this week in Darren Lee, also known as this week in Adam fucking Gase, uh, is is comes from the fourth quarter. So so here's here's our moment as we as we transition into Jets talk. Uh, fourth quarter, ten minutes to go. Jets down twenty four on a third and twenty three from their own twenty ish yard line. Pocket just immediately collapsed. Sam's under pressure, and he checks it down to the right side of the field where Kalen Balazs is standing, who, like, he runs about 10 yards to get about two yards past the line of scrimmage, it felt like, in, in kind of watching it unfold. And then he, he again, re- remind you, it's, it's, it's third and 23. He launches himself into the air to try and hurdle somebody to try to hurdle a defender, he 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 basically gets trucked by two people, just gets totally wrecked, and and that is uh and that is our our moment in Adam Gase, and the reason that that is why would that be our moment in Adam Gase, Travis? Um, I mean, I I think it's a pretty amazing moment, but number one, my my big thing is that why the hell did we go so hard for getting this guy on the damn team? I mean, he failed two physicals. Uh, Miami, like we traded for him and then Miami said, you know, he had to go back to Miami because he, he failed the physical. And then Miami said, well, no, screw it. We're just gonna, we're just gonna release you. And it's like, well, then why the hell did you trade for him to begin with? You knew this was probably going to happen. It's, uh, I don't know. Yes. So this thing is like, this is the player that like Adam Gase has bent his will to getting. Meanwhile, yeah, Le'Veon Bell stays on the sidelines, right, Josh? What what were your thoughts when you saw that play? Like, I just saw that. I was just like, I I don't even emotionally know how to deal with this at this point. Here's what's great. I have a brother who's who's a big Colts fan, and so we we had been texting kind of all the, the week leading up, and I'm I'm just letting him know. You know, you guys are winning this game by 30. The Jets the Jets are, you know, a Pop Warner team right now. And he texted me after that play with just the just one single question mark. Like, what? 
like, <laughs> didn't he, like just one single like no no animosity no sarcasm just like true right conundrum like, driven text message of why why did that what 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 is happening and i said yeah you you clearly have not watched the first two games either um none of it makes sense like this is this is the whose line is it anyway season in in jets in jets franchise history there's nothing makes sense the points are made up. Uh, Nothing matters. It's just weird things that are happening every single play. The highlight reel from this year is going to be the Benny Hill song played. Yes. So just <laughs> these wonderful moments that we're great with every week. Yakety sacks. Just yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. That. I mean, to me, it was just so. You know, at this point, that point, the game was over. But you just see that situation, and it's just this perfect amalgamation of all the things that Adam Gase has brought to this organization. And I get it, you know, fans out, Becton's out, you know, it was hard to, for, there was, I mean, basically once, once Becton was out, there was just no pocket to be had in, in the entire game. And it was just all, you know, how do you survive another day? Um, Which was just, just totally demoralizing as a fan. So I think the things to think about, like, let's just talk a little bit about the game. Like um, what were some of the things that stuck out to you in terms of like big picture stuff? I'll, I'll, I'll start. Um, and then Josh, we'll go to you. Um, I mean, I think the thing here to say is that the Colts defense is pretty good. And I can't remember, mm. it feels like a long time since the Colts defense was good. Um, this group is impressive. They've put together, you know, quite a unit. And I mean, Xavier Rhodes, of course, had a great day. Uh, you know, Sam Darnold just got, you know, destroyed and picked off, you know, multiple times. Um, and some of those were on him and some of those were not on him. Uh, but you know, like I, I was watching that, that first interception unfold and just the route and the throw were not well put together. And you're just like, Ugh. I'm a Sam guy. I like Sam, but you see that play and you're just like, Oh man, you know, why are you throwing it to that point on the field? You should be putting it over. I guess it was Herndon who was the intended target, like over his shoulder um, on the other side, right? Like it just, you see that kind of thing and you're just like, Oh, that I I can't really defend that. Um, But then, so I'm weighing that against a pretty good Colts defense. And then I'm also watching Braxton Berrios have a couple spark plays and, you know, you know, I, thought he he's played pretty well in the midst of this and it's hard not to be tormented is probably the right word as far as I'm considered by like the possibilities, the what if possibilities of if you actually had more players and more talent around, like if Braxton Berrios was, you know, was the third or fourth receiver and not, you know, you know, playing out of position because the, the group is decimated ahead of him. Like this could be a pretty good team, but like, I just, I, I'm almost to a point where I can't allow myself those thoughts. So I don't know, Josh, when you watch that game and you kind of try and figure out what to sift out of it as a fan, how did you feel coming out of that game? Yeah. You know, when, when the first, you know, the Xavier Rhodes pick six happened very early in the first quarter, I thought, oh boy, it's going to be a 45 to nothing shutout. And then the next drive with the, the Berrios play, the, the throw from Sam, I felt like, man, this might be one of those, you know, weird, we throw two, three picks, but we, we get a couple touchdowns. Maybe there's a spot at the end. Um, and then clearly that was the best, the best moment of the game 
um, happened midway through the first quarter with that Barrios touchdown. And then obviously everything was just downhill from there. And so, you know, again, I know this is being echoed kind of in every corner of, of the Jets fandom universe, but it's just so hard to figure out what we do have versus what we don't have. Um, well, I should say what we do have, because I think we know what we don't have. Um, mm. But with, with Sam, like, it's really hard to, to, to separate out, hey, wh- where is his, his personal maturation process separated from the coaching and the game planning um, and the style of play that that's being kind of thrust upon him. Um, and if by every indication, you know, Darnold is a, is a guy that seems like just a, just a decent guy. And I know we've talked about that before, but he's not going to maybe impose his will in the locker room or in the quarterback room and say, no, 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 this is how we're going to play. This is what my strengths are. I think he's being a little bit too amicable um, to Adam Gase and Patton Oswalt's game planning. Um, and so I'm wondering like in the, in the long run here, you know, the rest of the season, much like the last two seasons, feels like we can't really figure out what we have. Um, and so that's going to be really tricky, I think, for Joe Douglas to go forward, um, for the personnel um, staff, the, the scouts. Like, man, what do we have here in Darnold? Um, and is it worth building around? Because it's looking like this team is headed to maybe a two or three win season, probably a number one pick. I mean, I, they're going to be hard pressed. I mean, them and the Giants are going to be hard pressed to, to, to win more games than the other. But um, you know, if, if it's staring down the, the, the number one pick with a guy like Trevor Lawrence, like, I think we're going to be in this weird situation where, you know, we do have a commodity, not sure what he's worth, but we can't pass on Trevor Lawrence because that's all that changes your franchise seemingly, you know, it's just going to be really hard to, to pick through the rest of this season to figure out what is worth building around and what isn't. I think the only certain thing we know right now is Becton and outside of Becton, man, I don't know if there's another piece on this team that you feel like a surefire we are building around this person, um, you know, with Jamal not there, with with Sam's ups and many downs. Um, I'm not even sure about that position anymore. I still like him, and I still hope that they build around him. But, you know, if you're Joe Douglas, this is going to be a hard season to, to parse through what's the good that's worth keeping versus what what is not maturing in a way that it should at the NFL level. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Hey guys, sorry to cut in for a quick second. Just want to thank everybody who's listening to There's Always Next Year and let you know about the fact that winning season is back at my bookie and you can double your first deposit when you use the promo code OVERTIME. Just go to my bookie and use the promo code OVERTIME. You can get in on the action. New players get up to $1,000 in free play. It's designed to add more excitement to the sports you love and the games you bet. Chance to win big this season, and if you want to win big, I'll be honest with you, I would bet against the Jets pretty much every week. That seems to be what would yield the most success for you gambling. Just use promo code OVERTIME, double your first deposit, and start winning money over at my bookie. All right, Brian, sorry to hijack the show for a second. The floor is yours, sir. Hi, Travis. What do you think about Quinnen Williams? He's kind of been... um quiet like i've actually seen i'm I'm not the first person who came up with this but i've seen this people referring to him on twitter as QAnon. so um, (laughs) that's great oh pretty good so uh, when you is is quinn williams first i guess is quinn williams a piece you can also build around or no this just i don't see him i don't see him as someone that you can build around i mean it's been I mean, Grant, it's it's still kind of early, but uh, the only game that we've really seen him in, you know, I guess probably what he's it's 
going on 19 games that we've seen him play. Uh, mm -hmm. The only real impactful game he had was the first game of the season this year. And like, I think we all even talked about it. Like that was like one of our one, one of our two, maybe three bright spots of that game was like, Holy shit, Quentin Williams. But uh, I mean, looking at what the defensive line did in uh, just the Colts game alone, like there was literally, there was zero sacks. And they literally touched the quarterback one time. And, mm. you know, that's, that's – It's Phillip Rivers. It's not like – It's Phil it's, Rivers. It, yeah. Right. <laughs> it's not exactly, you know, Jamar uh, – uh, you know, Lamar Jackson. Lamar, it's like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's like he's just not – you know, he's not Kyler Murray. It's not like he's, you know, running all over the place and, you know, being super elusive, right? It's, it's Phillip Rivers, right? <laughs> Come on. But, I mean, you know – I get it. This year's playing like crap. The the entire secondary is playing like crap for the most part. Yeah, um, this year know, has I, been I, a I massive get it, but, yeah. but geez, you know, somebody's got to get to the quarterback at some point. Yeah, and, I mean, yeah, I, I don't, I don't think Quentin Williams is gonna. I don't think he's gonna develop into, you know, what Muhammad Wilkerson was for us at any point. Let alone like you know, uh, you know, a, a star like elite level pass mm -hmm. rusher. Wow, another defensive line player that the Jets drafted in the first round who hasn't made the um, uh, massive impact on the in, inside of the of the defensive line. Like who who could have ever seen that coming? Like who could nope. have ever seen that coming? Wow, what a, what a shocker! Um, you know, I mean, if you think about all the defensive, oh, I'm going to start going crazy. If you think about all the defensive line players that they've drafted in the first round and just yeah. replace them with whoever was, like, uh, still on the board at offensive line, like, I mean, half the time, even just, like, half the time, this would be one of the greatest offensive lines in the league, right? But, no, I mean, and, and I think it has promise, and it's shown itself to be, you know, promising at certain times with this group, but, you know, right, you, you lose Becton, you lose some of the players, it comes, comes apart quickly. Um, and but it is it is telling to see what a difference a player like Becton can make for a whole for a whole unit. And so so, yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, it's hard. And I hate that we are three weeks into the season and I'm in text threads with people and we're talking about Trevor Lawrence. Right. Like that. that th it's almost like it's an eventuality at this point if if the Jets have the top pick. Um, so I, I guess I'm, I'm curious to know, Josh. Um, you mentioned a little bit in the pre-show. Uh, uh, you had a favorite moment uh, in your week when it came to sports. Uh, what was what was your favorite moment in sports this week? <laughs> uh, my favorite moment in the entire sports week that saw my Yankees clinch a playoff position, that saw um, the Jets maybe already lock up the number one pick in next year's draft, was the Mort report coming out that, hey, for the first time, the internal brass with the Jets is maybe going to be doing a full investigation into the uh, job performance of one Adam Martavius Grace or Gase. And so I, I, I saw that report come out with, hey, we're going to take a look and see if Adam Gase is doing a good job internally and he may yeah. be on the chopping block as literally the best thing that happened in my sports week in a week where my baseball team that I grew up rooting for as a two-year-old clinched a playoff position like I am so excited for to lose on Thursday to the Broncos and maybe have Adam Gates fired wow. on Friday that this hot. might be the best thing that's ever happened to me hot take I mean none of us have been on board 
with Gase. I mean, that's the funny thing is like someone started a petition last week. Like we haven't really had a chance to talk about it. Someone started a petition last week and I like tweeted it. It's like, you know, let's, let's, you know, let's, you know, get more people to sign this petition. I know I was, there were lots of people doing that and the petition got way up, but like there were people on Twitter like, wow, and you've lost Bassett. Like you're clearly, you know, I'm like, excuse me, excuse me. Like <laughs> I, I was never, I was never found. I was never found. I was always lost on Adam Gase and this team. Uh, I was very, I was getting very defensive on Twitter about people saying like, oh, and you've lost Bassett. Like, you you have no idea. Uh, clearly, I I have not liked this guy from from the from the moment they thought about interviewing. So so the sooner he gets out, I mean, hey, that's good for that's I feel vindicated. But you know, it's like we've lost two more seasons, um, and and I get the ability to feel vindicated for five minutes before Chris Johnson picks the next train wreck. So I don't know, like, how do you, Travis, like think about okay if if Adam Gase is on the chopping block here, potentially um, like how do you as a fan want to see this situation play out? Because there's the other side of like, they, they, even though players have gone to bat for Gase, you know, Van Roten was, was talking about, you know, like, you know, saying, Hey, you know, I was, I was with the Panthers last year. They fired Ron Rivera. It wasn't like we just started winning games after Rivera was fired. Like if anything, it makes it harder. Um, but there's also the inverse of that, which the, um, the Browns saw two years ago, right. When, um, when their head coach uh, was fired uh, and then Greg Williams became the interim head coach and, you know, Baker Mayfield started playing better. You know, Freddie Kitchens was the darling who actually got the head coaching job, which was a train wreck. But like, Travis, how do you think about like how you want this season to play out? Like I have a hard time rooting against my team, but I also, you know, want them to set, set up for success over the long term. But I, I, I struggle with that. I mean, I'm already looking at this season as, as a complete, I'm writing it off as a loss. I mean, it's, it's just, it's, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm the only, val I don't even know what value, like I can look at the season with, uh, you know, in the past it's been looking at, you know, draft picks and, and seeing them develop, but like, I'm barely even seeing any of them on the field or like the, the guys like Quentin Williams that aren't showing anything. It's, uh, it's pretty, pretty maddening and frustrating, but you know, it's the situation. If Gase is gone, like it's what's going to happen after that. That's what worries me the most it's like you know so if gase is fired Doel logan's isn't going anywhere i mean they're they're not gonna they're not gonna 86 the entire coaching staff so i mean we're still stuck with that dude who i don't think has any offensive competence like i don't even i don't i know he's, he's technically the offensive coordinator i guess but if if you know, Gase is doing everything. Gase is the only person that's ever worked for. I don't see that there's right. any, any difference in, in offensive schemes or anything that's happening. Um, Greg Williams, you know, last year he looked pretty good and rallied the troops a little bit um, in leading the defense. But this year the defense has looked almost uh, worse I, than the offense. Yeah, I would so, say like, Jamal Adams. I would say Jamal Adams rallied the team despite Greg Williams. Like that. Would yeah, be my, that, that might be that, correct, but – um, but I mean, you know, I don't promoting him. What's that going to get us? Like right now, the defense looks, if not just as bad, if not worse than the offense. Um, I mean, what are we going to do? Like shit can three quarters of the, 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 uh, the coaching staff and just give it to Jim Bob Cooter. I mean, 
<laughs> I, I, think bring in that, actual, I think that's best case scenario for me, in my opinion. I think we bring in actual Pat and Oswald. Let him cook as Remy from Ratatouille. Let, <laughs> let the rat cook. Let the rat cook. I love it. I mean that, but yeah, I mean that's the thing to me is like I I I do not think Adam Gase is ever worthy of being a head coach. Never was. Never will be. Um, clearly has no ability to learn from his, his past mistakes. Um, and, and like, you know, as I've basically said from the outset, largely has gotten the ride that he's gotten purely based on Peyton Manning's skill and expertise, right? Like it, it was, it's been this narrative that was tied to Adam Gase had something to do with Peyton Manning winning, winning the second ring has nothing to do with him winning a second ring. Um, maybe despite Adam Gase got his ring. Uh, but, but anyway, the, the, the point there is, right, so what do you go to, um, you know, in, is it just more a fact of, like, you're sating the fans and their need for blood um, by, by getting rid of Gase? Um, but again, like, it comes down to ownership and their ability to pick and their inability to judge correctly in that they would even consider someone like Adam Gase, right? That, that, that this would be the person that would, could not, that, that they could not see the signs, the writing on the wall that he was actually not good uh, at his job and terrible and was not someone to be considered. Um, and that there were other candidates, even, even if I hate Mike McCarthy as a head coach, like he's still infinitely more qualified um, to lead a football team than, than Adam Gase is. Um, Lane Kiffin's out there. I mean, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yes. <laughs> yeah, we need to talk about that. Yeah. So, so yes. Let's talk about that. So, so in the last week, I guess um, Lane, um, uh, I think, yeah, Lane Kiffin was on the Pardon My Take podcast, and they asked him about the Jets' head coaching job opening up. This is not news for anybody who's listening to this podcast, and that he basically said he was not interested. So. <laughs> That's so, nice what, what, yeah. so, how do we, how do we, how do we make, how do, what do we make of that? What do we make of that yeah. fact? Lane Kiffin is oh, not interested in this job. I know. I mean, part of it, I mean, obviously like he's going on there, he's, he's going to be a little funny, a little open with those guys, but um, you know, he, he said, he said literally when he was asked the question, Hey, if, if we fast forward a year, it's March 1st, 2021. And you are now the newly named head coach of the New York jets. How do you feel? And he said, terrible. Something has gone wrong in my <laughs> life, if that's the case. And so, I mean, so you get a little insight, right? Like, that guy who has had, let's say, his ups and downs in the NFL coaching <laughs> world, uh, mm. let's just say that, you know, confidently that, um, you know, he is, he is not Monty. He is Lane. Um, mm. And so there, there is there's something to be said when just like the punch, the punching line from – the punchline from the punchline of coaches – um, is is at your team's expense? Like things are not in a good a good place. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's it's just the height of irony that that Lane Kiffin is is like um, is not interested, right? You, you know the the, oh. the one so the one silver lining here, guys, is that. And I just saw this tweet before before we jumped on today. You know, keeping in mind the Jamal Adams trade to Seattle. Seattle is obviously looking like a really good team. It's likely, you know, if the Jets really truly bottom out and listen, six and ten is not going to change this franchise around. Two and fourteen, one and fifteen, oh and sixteen will because you're going to be in the, in the top position. There's a great chance that the Jets are staring down the first pick, 
the 31st or 32nd pick and the mm. 33rd pick. Like there is some real juice here um, that if a guy like Eric Bieniemy, who maybe felt a little slighted or, you know, um, obviously the Matt Rule situation, not letting him bring his coordinators in or chooses on coordinators two years ago. Like there's, there is the hope for the guy that Joe Douglas can go, hey, all this crap happened before I got here. They, they hired Gase. They fired McCagnan. They brought me in. I'm trying to do my best, if we're really honest, to bottom this franchise out. Um, I trade Jamal so that we can get a couple of good draft picks coming up. You're going to have three of the top 33 picks in the draft. Eric Bieniemy. I want you to come in and change the locker room, change everything. There's, there is going to be some appeal in the full reset that this team might go through in the next year that might bring in a coordinator like an Eric Bieniemy to, to give him a head coaching gig. Um, and it makes no sense to me that they wouldn't go after – Joe Douglas wouldn't go after a guy like that. So the silver lining for me here is that a full meltdown bottoming out might actually translate to an actual coaching hire that brings some – um, you know, some excitement and then some of those early draft picks in, in next year's draft that could be career or franchise altering. So that, that at least for me is what I'm looking forward to the rest of this season is more losses that culminate in a coach and draft picks in the top, uh, the top 33 picks next year. I, uh, I would love that. And I, I, I need to do more research on Biennemi. I know he was named as a, as a potential person for the, the Jets opening the last time. Um, and you, I, I think I have a hard time weighing, um, you know, how much has he learned from, from Andy Reid um, and then how much of his success is based on players like Patrick Mahomes. And so kind of similarly, I, I, I'm not saying he's Adam Gase. I, I do not think he's Adam Gase in any respect. Um, that said, right, can we, what can we, I want to figure out what I can detangle, um, you know, from his, his coaching skill and the players that have been kind of put around him. And so I, I just say, I need, I need to do more, more research on that, but yeah, w- would I feel infinitely better if Eric Bieniemy was the head coach of this team? Absolutely. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Um, and I mean, I don't, I know Joe Douglas was, was in Philadelphia. I don't think they overlapped there, but would, it, would Andy Reed be the, the link between those two? Maybe. Um, he might be the link point. So, um, so yeah. So, go ahead. He, I think Andy reads the sausage link uh, between the two. Oh my <laughs> god! <laughs> Love you, Andy. Fair, fair. All right. Well, well played. Well played. Um, well, I think we've covered just about any everything from from Jerry Orbach to um, votive candles to <laughs> Kevin uh, Moss to Kevin, Kevin Moss. Moss. Yeah, I think we I think we hit it all. Anything else? Uh, we have a short week here. Obviously, the Jets are playing um, the similarly listless uh, Broncos. A- any thoughts, kind of going into that game, or just you guys are are clearly uh, cheering for <laughs> for for bad stuff from the Jets this Thursday? What What are you thinking? I mean, I don't know what else there is to cheer for. I mean, that's what we're going to get. We're going to get just a steaming pile of dog shit on on the field. (laughs) I might as well just go ahead and break out the Alpo and say, yippee. I mean, the the best thing is, like, I think there's this sense of whoever the one that, like, is scheduling these Thursday night games. Like, that's the thing, like, other than, like, the very first Thursday night game. It's like, I can just see them, like, sitting in their chair and they're, you know, they've got spreadsheets out and they're trying to figure out, okay, which game we're going to put there. And they make suggestions and they, like, feel so good about it. And then you get, like, two weeks into the season and they're just looking at this game and they're just like, 
how did I miss this? Like, this is so terrible. Like, I feel so bad that this was my recommendation. Like, why, why did I put this game? I, he's it's like, it's like, I envision that person as like Charlie Brown trying to kick the football. He's like, he thinks he's going to get it right every time, but he just never gets it right. He always picks the worst games, just the, the absolute worst games. And so it's like, if there's any solace, it's that, uh, that, that guy is, is, uh, is crying crying at his cubicle somewhere in, uh, in New York city. Um, uh, no, no, nothing screams Thursday night football more than Adam Gase, Jeff Driscoll, Vic Fangio <laughs> this Thursday. <laughs> All right. Well, we will leave it there. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you, listeners. Make sure to rate and review the podcast. Uh, thanks to the Bl- Bl- like a jet team. And we will see you back next week. It'll be a long layoff. There might be a new head coach. Might be an emergency pod. Like we, we don't know. We don't know what's going to happen. The bat signal is is ready to go, and whatever Scott needs from us, we will run to action and be ready to help in any way we can. Um, our uh, our thoughts are with everybody this week. Hope everybody has a great week, and we will talk to you next week. Thanks. <laughs>